Well, I want you to know today that we are going to have the opportunity to, to step up and either say, I can, or to say, I can't, to what we believe is a dream that has been initiated by God. Now, now what is one of the dreams that God has given us as a, as a group of believers, as a body, as a fellowship right here in Blythewood? One of the things God has done for us is God has, has blessed us over and over again with a ministry to, to children and to youth. God has really given us good favor in those areas. And I just want to give you all a reminder of this um, by just taking, for you to take a look and see what God is going to do, what, what the building plans that we have. And uh, Ron, if you just throw up the picture of the building that we're going to build. Yeah, we, I think we showed this last week, but just want to remind you, we're in the far left section, and the two sections on the right, that is our ch- next children's building and the youth building that's going there. Those are, that is a big dream for us. And the reason why we're doing this is because God has... God has either given us an inordinate amount of children or he's given us just a bunch of fertile people at Village Church. I don't know what it is, but God has really blessed the church. And so we we believe that God has called for us to add on these additional spaces, which we're planning on them being completed in 2012. Now, you can look at that, and you can look at where maybe you are in your life and look at where we are you know, economically as a country, and you can say, you know what, that looks good, but we can't do that. Well, here's my goal for you today. My goal for you today is I don't know how, you know, where you're involved. We, we don't, we're not going to force anything. We just want to leave this between you and the Lord. But it's our hope that when you leave here today, that you will leave here encouraged with a sense of victory about who God's called this church to be. And that you will leave here with a desire just simply to be obedient to however God would work in you. And to remove the, the, these words from your language. The words, I can't, from your language. And begin to look forward and say, you know what, with God, I can. And today in our passage of scripture, we're going to see the Apostle Paul sharing with a, a group of believers that lived in a Roman, a Roman colony known as Philippi. And he wanted to th- them to know that through the power of Jesus, that they had the ability to achieve great things for God. Now, why is that? Well, it's because God would be the one who would be empowering them. And I want you to know the same thing is true for Village Church as well. Guys, I want you to know that God has let us know that those who follow him can be endowed with the power of God to do great things. And the new facility that's going to be built right out these windows over here, I believe God's going to do incredible things through that. I believe that God has placed our church here literally for a time such as this. Like I said before, God has given us good favor. I mean, God has done, has just opened up so many doors for us. And, and as, we, as we raise up new walls and we lay a foundation, I really believe that that area over there is going to become a headquarters for young people to gather and meet, to, to fellowship and to worship God in such a way that our entire community is going to be impacted. Now, it's fun to talk about stuff like that. I like to talk about what could be. But if it's going to happen, yeah, the, the fact is it's going to take work, it's going to take commitment, it's going to take sacrifice. And when you start bringing all those words into it, it's really easy to look at those words and say, ooh, I don't think I can do that. 
And so what I want us to see today is, is that God can move our language from I can't to I can. And so if you have your Bible, I want to read you just one verse today. It's a great, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 13. And so if you have your Bible, you can turn there. And if you do turn there, I'll give you a little background information. When Paul wrote this letter to the people or to the church in Philippi, he wrote it as an informative letter. It was just to let the people there know what was going on in his own life. But he also wrote it as a letter of encouragement. Because the people being written to were being persecuted because of their faith. Uh, believers in Jesus at this time were not very popular. Some of them were being blackballed where they were working. Others were literally being beaten. So, I mean, this is, this is a tough situation that people were going through. And so when Paul wrote them this letter, he was writing them to encourage them and say to them, listen, no matter what your circumstances are, I want you to know that with the power of God in your life, there's two words that can always be a part of who you are. And the words, I can. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. In Villa's Church, I want you to know these, this is a verse that applies to us as well. God provides for his followers. Now, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. And we all know, we can, we can all probably pitch in and give a few examples of how our circumstances can, are bad. But we should not allow our circumstances or what's going on in the world around us to, to, to deter us from what God has called us as believers and as a church to do. If God inspires the plans, as we can remove I can't from our language. Now, what is the remedy to I can't? You know, changing our vocabulary. There's a few, a few remedies I believe that we can see in our text today to where we can move I can't from our language to becoming a people of God who will say to God, God, I can. So what's the first remedy? The very first one, and when I look at our text today, is, is recognize who your strength is. Or recognize who your strength is in. In verse number 13, it says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. It is so important for us to know what our strengths are in life. Because if you know where you are gifted and even where you're not gifted, it will enable you to know what you can do and what you cannot do. Now, where a lot of us get in trouble is we, we get those things backwards. And the things that we think we're gifted in, uh, sometimes we're really not. The things we think we're not gifted in, we are. Uh, just as an example, you know, I, I, love, I love the music. I love when our band sings. I love to sing with them. And you know, after a while, I just sit there and sing. And I think, man, I am so, I'm good. You know, I should be up there singing. And, uh, but my, my bubble was burst whenever I was singing. I had the, I still had the microphone on, but I, you know, I had muted it out, uh, or I thought I had, but Brett fortunately had turned it off so y'all couldn't hear me. And, uh, but I was singing, but everybody in here, they had their inner monitors on, and I'm just like blasting. And they're like, hey, um, maybe you need to turn that thing off, because you're not very good. And I was thinking, oh, yes, I am. I'm really good. But, you know, sometimes we, we think that we're gifted in areas where we're really not gifted. And in the areas where we are gifted, we kind of struggle with that. Well, Paul, in our text, he, he, and really in this chapter, he lets the people know. He says, hey, you know what? In life, there's sometimes there's going to be good things that happen to you. And there are other times when, when bad things happen to you. But here's what, here's what Paul said. He said, because of who Jesus is, 
regardless of my circumstances, regardless of where I'm gifted and where I'm not gifted, he said this in verse number 11. He said, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. How can he say something like that? Well, it's because he knew who was powering his life. He knew the one who was powering him was one who could make an eternal difference in the lives of the people around him, regardless of what he was going through. Now, who was the one that was, that was fueling the life of Paul? It was Jesus. That's why in our verse he says, I can do all things through him, through Jesus, who strengthens me. Jesus himself said in John fifteen five, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he said, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, Jesus was saying, all things are possible through him, through Jesus. That's why Paul said, I, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, why is it important for us to know Who the source of our strength is. Because if you don't know what the source of your strength is, then a lot of times what we try to do is we try to fuel our lives with things that really don't progress us forward in our life. We we use the wrong fuel for our own lives. And and what happens is we end up coming coming up short. I am not a, a handyman by any stretch of the imagination. I told y'all before, the handyman in our family is my wife. I mean, it is awful. You know, and I, 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 was, I was sharing the first service. I remember when I, my car overheated and, you know, there's steam coming out of it. And Emily's in the car with me. I'm on the side of the road. And so for some reason, I don't know why, I just got out of the car and I popped the hood. Like, what am I going to do? And I popped the hood and I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, that is a lot of steam. But it looked good because it was me. And I did not want Emily to get out and fix it, you know. So I was like, that would not be very manly. And so, yeah, I don't know much about cars, but there's two things I know about cars. I know how to drive a car, and I know that car, if it's, if a car, if it's, if it's going to run, you have to have gas in it. Now, I know that, and I know how to put gas in a car. I'm not, I'm not a total moron. You know, you just say, you know, undo this, the cap, and then you put the nozzle, and then you pull the trigger. That's all you got to do. But doing that, have y'all noticed, it, it, it is so expensive to fill up your car with gas now. And I, you know, I tell my kids, and I know I'm sure some of you got better stories than I do, but I remember when I first started driving, I think gas was 75 cents a gallon. And I look at it now, and I'm just, you know, I, I mean, I, it's terrible. The older I get, I have to be careful not to become a griper. But I, you know, I just go to the gas station, and I'm like just griping, going, I remember when this would only cost me $10 to fill up my car. You know, I'm sitting there, it's $30, and then we have a truck that, you know, Hank's truck, and it's like $7,000, you know, to fill it up. And it's awful. Now, I'm thinking, it wouldn't be cool if you could just fill up your car with, like, water. Instead of gas. Now that sounds good, but there's a problem with that. Water doesn't work, does it? It won't make your car go. It it would be the wrong fuel. And the same thing is true spiritually. If our lives are going to run with power, we have to make sure that we're using the the right fuel to make them run with power. And if we try to make them run with anything other than Jesus, we're not going to get very far. We're not going to go very far in life. And so how, how do we use Jesus as a, fuel, as a fuel in our lives? Well, we have to put ourselves under his leadership. And not just, you know, not just a little bit of ourselves here and there. We have to put all of ourselves under the leadership of Christ. And when you do that, it will change your life. It will change the way you spend your time. 
It'll change the way you interact with people. It'll change the way you use your wealth. It will change every area of your life if you put yourself under the leadership of Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 21, or 24, he said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Isn't that interesting? You know, in order to move forward, we have to give up. In order to have, or to follow the plan of God, we have to step back and say, God, I surrender. I give up. Because if we try to lead under our own power in a self-centered way, like I said, we'll be using the wrong fuel. And so we have to remove ourselves and what we want and fill ourselves up with who God is and what God desires. Now, how's, what does that mean for Village Church? You know, it's really interesting to me as we have, as a church, as we have sought God and sought to be obedient to Him, it's really interesting to me that God has put Village Church where we are today. You know, you know where this, I mean, if you step back and look at where we are in the big picture, you know where we are? Guys, we are in one of the fastest growing communities and counties in all of South Carolina, and God has put us here. And I look at that and I think, do you think God did that on purpose, or is that just an accident? It's part of God's plan. God has put us here. Now, we can step back and say, yeah, but, I mean, this, is, this community is growing fast, this county is growing fast. Do you think God really wants us to do big things here? I mean, can we do it? I mean, we don't, have, you know, we don't have that many people. We don't have that much money. And you, and you can step back, and I would, I would, I would agree with you because I'm cautious. You're like, yeah, well, you're right. We don't. There's a lot of things that we are limited in. And if we are simply trusting in our own leadership and our own feelings, then I want you to know we're going to be very limited in what we can do. And so this is the question that we have to ask. As a church and as believers, who is the source of our strength. Where does our strength come from? Now, if it's Jesus, which is what we talk about every Sunday, if it's Jesus, don't you believe that Jesus will enable us to perform what he's called us to do? If Jesus is our power source, do you think he's going to give us enough strength to fulfill the mission that he's called our church to to fulfill? Now, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, I'd have to say, yeah. Now, for today, for those of you who are part of Village Church, we have a calling today. We, and it's not just today, all the time, but we have a calling today. And that is to trust in the vision and the dreams that God has laid on our heart. And then to say, how am I going to be a part of what God has called us to do? Now, is that scary to do? I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely it is. It is always a little frightening. But God gives us encouragement to trust Him. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, here's a verse that can comfort you. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. What is a remedy for I can't? First one is, know who your strength is. But here's another one. Another remedy for I can't is be confident. And I really like this one. 
It doesn't say be cocky. It says be confident. And again, if you go back to verse number, uh, verse number 13, it says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. It's absolutely incredible to, to look at this text and to understand who wrote it, which is Paul, and when he wrote this, where he was. Anytime I ask you the question, where was Paul when he wrote this, the only thing you have to say is, he's in jail. Paul is always in trouble. Now, he wasn't in trouble because he was a thief or anything like that. He was in trouble because, because he was a follower of God. And Christians were persecuted back then. So when Paul's writing this, he's in prison. And that's why I think this verse is so powerful. As he is writing this verse, he's in prison. He's been, I mean, he's got the short end of the stick big time. He's been beaten. All these things have happened to him. And then what does he do? He writes a verse of absolute confidence. The first two words of this verse just absolutely jump out at me. First two words. What are they? I can. It's not him griping. That'd be me. So, yeah, you go, God, what in the world am I doing in prison? I'm living for you and this is all you can do for me? What does Paul say? Paul says, I can. I, I love the confidence that he exudes in these verses. Now, did he say these two words, I can, because, you know, because he'd been beaten up so much that, you know, that he maybe he just lost a few brain cells? Absolutely not. Paul was confident even in the midst of prison because he knew that God was with him. And he knew that his hope was not in this life, but that his hope was in the one to come. We need to adopt that kind of an attitude. Because it's real easy to be negative about what goes on in our world today. Y'all, we can, we can all sit here and gripe and have a big pity party, and I can join right in there with you. And we can talk about how, how we don't know where, where our jobs are going to be next year. I, I told the first service this week, I talked to two guys this week whose jobs are being eliminated, January 1. Man, there's, there's, some, there's some bad news floating around. We, we look at our 401Ks and we think, man, they're not worth what they used to be. And there's a lot of turmoil that we're going, that's going on right now. And you might say, I didn't come here to get pressed. That's why I want to share with you good news. Like Paul, regardless of your circumstances, you and I and this church, we still have the power because of God to say two very important words. I can. I can. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, when Paul said that, was, was, were his statements unfounded? No. Y'all remember what Paul used to do before he became a follower of God? He used to persecute Christians. He used to travel around. He used to, I mean, that was one of the things that he did. He traveled around and would arrest Christians and then have them killed. He killed the very first deacon in the church, Stephen. He was a part of that killing. But then he traveled to Damascus, and if you, some of you might remember from whenever you were a kid, that story, God got his attention on the road to Damascus, and it transformed and changed his life. Some of you have had experiences like that, where God has gotten a hold of your heart, and he has transformed and changed you so much that the stuff that you, you used to think was important to you, you, you look back now after Christ has touched you, and you say, that stuff's not as important as it used to be, but what God offers is. It's like Paul, like Paul said, he said, the stuff that I found so important, he said, when I compare it to what Christ gives to me, he said, it's like garbage, it's trash. Because that's who our God is. And some of you have been changed like that, and, and your priorities have become different. And my encouragement for you and for myself is instead of us chasing after the stuff that is so temporary in this life, guys, let's, let's dream big. Let's go after 
the dreams that God has for us. Because let me tell you something, they are lasting. Now, you don't have to. The choice is yours. But guys, if you make that choice, boy, there are big things God can do with us. That's why Joshua in the Old Testament, here's what he said in Joshua 24, 15. He said, choose for yourselves this day. He said, you choose whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Today we have a choice before us. We have the opportunity to stand with the Lord. We have an opportunity to say, Lord, we believe that you place our church here for a time such as this. God, we believe that you placed our church here and you've given us good favor in our community with young people. And God, because of that, we want to be faithful with what you've given us. And we will move ahead confidently with the vision that you have for us. And God, we're going to say, I can. Not I can't. But God, I can. What's, what's the remedy to I can't? First one, recognize your strength. Recognize who it is. Second one, be confident. That's the last one. Last remedy to I can't? Do it. You know, do something. That's the remedy to I can't. I'm going to do it. Verse number 13 again. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can you know, I know a lot of people have great ideas. They have a lot of dreams. But that's all they ever are. Ideas and dreams. How do they become something? You have to do something. Paul said, I can. He understood that God had a plan for him. He said, I can, I can do this. He understood that. But then Paul didn't just stop there. Paul actually did something. That's why when Paul came to the end of his life, In 2 Timothy 4.7, here's what Paul said. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Village Church, we are involved in a race. And that race is the race of life. Now let me tell you something. Eternity hangs in the balance. When it gets down to the nitty gritty... When you get outside of, of your job and your work and, and uh, your, you know, the stuff that you have, this is true for me. And I begin to realize life is passing by. Have y'all figured that out? It is flying by. And you know what? It's going by so quick. I'm beginning to realize I am not going to live forever. It's taken me a while to get there, but I'm understanding that now. And when it comes down to it, there is one thing that matters, and it's Jesus. That's it. And as time flies by, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do to impact people for an eternity? Our calling today is to look to the future, to look to our kids, and say, what am I going to leave behind That's going to touch not just the lives of my children, but the lives of the children that will follow my children. The thing we are doing today is literally going to impact the lives of thousands of people in the future. I think one of the coolest things is that those of us who are believers, when we stand before God one day, there will be people, I really believe this, there will be people who will come to us and say, I know you didn't know me in Blythewood. I came after you, but I want you to know because of the decisions that you made in 2011 and 2012, I'm here today.
Guys, let's, let's do it. Let's remove I can't and become an I can people. One of my favorite stories is about a tree farmer in Germany. He had a friend who came to visit him, and he just harvested a bunch of trees for thousands and thousands of dollars. And so when his friend arrived, he noticed that his workers, his friend's workers, were actually planting trees. And he said, I, he goes, I got a question for you. He said, how long will it take for those trees to become mature to where you can harvest them? He said, it'll take over 100 years. The guy's looking at him. He said, that seems like a weird investment. He said, I mean, you can't, you will not benefit from that. He said, yeah, you're right. He said, you see those trees over there that we just harvested? He said, my great-grandfather planted those trees. He said, he planted those trees for my future. And he said, and I'm planting those trees for the futures of my great-grandchildren, who I'll probably never know, but I know that it'll make a difference in their lives. Milsters, that's what we're doing today. Now, we're not just... You know, we're not just coming together to say, hey, we understand that God's blessed us with children. And, and I know for me, there's a, there's a selfish motive in this. I mean, I have three, I have three kids. And I think that would be awesome. They'll have, a, they'll have more space to gather together and worship. And instead of having, you know, 70 kids crammed in one classroom. Don't let that scare you, by the way. We'll be able to have a, another place for them. And so that excites me and a place for my, my high school son to be able to worship. But you know what? Time's moving. And there's going to be other kids that are going to come through that door. This is about not just today. What we are doing is also about our future. And this project will allow our community to know we care about young people. We care not just about them physically. We care about them spiritually. And let's not allow the words, I can't, to keep us from reaping an eternal reward. Man, let's, let's be brave. And confidently move forward and say, Jesus, today we are committing to what you're calling us to do. Because we believe, God, that when you gave the promise and you said that you would meet us here in Blythewood, God, that's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to meet us here. This time I just want us to watch, watch a video that we had made. And then I'll conclude the service in just a few moments.